Welcome to the Wellness Phenoms, a podcast about the joys and struggles of life. The show will hit on topics such as mental health, fitness, finances, and spirituality. We are your hosts, Logan and Josh, two friends sharing our experiences with the world in an effort to help others. We are by no means experts, just highly passionate about these topics and eager to challenge ourselves and those around us. Hey, Phenoms, welcome back. Today is episode 32, Burnout. To learn more about us on the show, check us out at www.wellnessphenoms.com. And while you're there, check out our Patreon program where you can make a pledge to support the show financially. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Wellness Phenoms. So today we're uh, talking about burnout. And um, burnout is is just such a, a very real thing. Um and even more so, I think, this day and age. Um, but I think the scariest thing about burnout is is how easily it can kind of creep up on us without us even realizing it um, until we're kind of sometimes in the thick of it. And even then, I think sometimes people don't even realize or identify that it is physical burnout. Um, and that makes it even scarier yet, in my opinion. Yeah, I think, you know, I think back to times that I've experienced it in my life, it definitely is almost like you hit a wall um, and it's just there. It's it's kind of think back and like, how did I get to this point to where I'm just so exhausted? Yeah, 100%. And I think when we start talking about burnout too, I think a lot of times it's most closely related to work and, and your employment. Um and, and that's where it's the most common, but, um, really burnout can kind of occur in many areas of our lives. And, um, sometimes it can occur in multiple places simultaneously too. So, um, we're going to talk about a lot of that stuff in this episode and then, um, kind of go into some other stuff too, you know, kind of the signs of burnout as well as, um, some of the common causes. And then, um, maybe some tips and tricks how we can avoid running into burnout. Yeah. I think, you know, you mentioned a lot of times it'll come from different areas at, at once. I think a lot of times, um, you know, it's kind of like that building factor of stresses and the stresses just kind of compounding and, and, you know, getting you to a point that, that you are about to break. Yeah. So one of the things we wanted to kind of define, I guess, um, is what is burnout and the APA dictionary of psychology defines burnout as the physical, emotional, or mental exhaustion accompanied by decreased motivation, lowered performance and negative attitude, uh, negative attitudes toward oneself and others. So when we think about that, it kind of embodies a lot of different aspects. If you, if you look at that, um, because I mean, you, you're talking about the physical, emotional, mental exhaustion piece, but then we're talking about a decreased motivation, lowered performance and, and these negative attitudes, not only towards ourselves, but others, which I think is a huge piece of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think a lot like me personally, a lot of times when I'm kind of under a lot of stress or kind of getting frustrated with whatever it might be, either it's work or life. Um, that's kind of one of the areas I notice it is, is more irritability from, uh, and from other people, uh, or from me towards other people. Um, 
is actually one of like the biggest cues for me that, Hey, maybe you need to look at what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, I think that's one of the really rough things with burnout too, is that obviously it's affecting us. Mm -hmm. Right. But we start to push that outward onto everybody else, or even if we're not putting it on them necessarily, or like, um, you know, expanding our frustrations out to everybody else that we're associated with, um, we're at least maybe skewing our view of those people in a sense, right? Because it's, it's like you said, the irritability piece. Um, I think to you, like, you know, I think at points you're probably, maybe you're not giving them the, the frustration you have, but you're, I think maybe interacting with them maybe in a more negative way or even causing them more stress by your attitude um, and the way you're kind of reacting. Yeah. So we kind of want to talk about some of the areas in life where you might uh, possibly experience burnout. And so obviously right off the bat, we've already indicated work. That's mm -hmm. a huge one. And I think that's a lot of times where, again, when we start thinking about burnout, that's where most people will go. Yeah. They gravitate right towards their, their work, their employment, whatever it is they're doing, um, career or otherwise. But, um, I think one of the other big ones is relationships and, and this can be not only just our romantic relationships, but this could in, include even just friends as well. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think that, um, and I think it's one area that probably most people don't associate right away with burnout. Right. I think that, you know, as relationships progress and, and, you know, th there's times where I think, you know, your relationship kind of just gets mundane and you get in this kind of habit of the same things and the same interactions and that kind of stuff. And I think that, you know, unlike work where you can kind of see the burnout, I think that relationship burnout is a lot harder to see and really at the forefront of what's causing maybe um, some of the frustration. Yeah. Well, I, I would venture to say too that this is one of those big ones. And I think once we start experiencing burnout in one area of our life, regardless of what that area is, sometimes that can start to overflow into these other areas of our life. And I think one of the first places that can start to happen is our direct relationships with our friends, with our loved ones, with our romantic partners, whatever that might be um, relationship wise in our life that's applicable I think that's one of the first places that that stuff can kind of flow over if you're experiencing burnout in another area. Yeah. And, um, I, I don't personally have kids, but, uh, Josh does. And that's another one is parenting. Um, and I've seen that a lot from, from people over the years where I think they just start to experience that burnout because it's being a parent is such a taxing job sometimes. And, and I think too, like, especially in parenting, it's that 24 seven feeling of that you're always, you know, you're doing something, you're providing for your children or helping them with something or taking them to, to practice or school or, um, but it's just that constant, like anything else. I think that, you know, as humans, it's good to have that breather and, 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 you know, at times take a little break from parenting and let them stay with family or friends and, and kind of recharge your, your batteries and get a little bit of that space. Cause it's like anything else when you're constantly in that, um, parenting or, you know, caretaking mode, uh, it can wear on you just 
Because it is constant. You know, it's all day. Yeah. When you actually just hit on another one, um, Josh mentioned that caretaking mode, and that's a another one, um, albeit similar to parenting, but um, still different is caretaker burnout. So if you're caring for a loved one, maybe somebody that's disabled or, um, you know, at the end stages of their life, things like that, um, it's, it's exhausting, mm-hmm. especially emotionally. Um, and, um, it's a, it's a lot to put on your, a person's plate. And, um, so that's another big area that, that we've seen burnout can, can really creep up on people. Yeah. And, and one other one we want to touch on was, um, you know, circumstantial burnout, which really is, you know, me and Logan were kind of talking about this before the show is that it's, it's really just burnout from your, your situation or your, your circumstances in life, whether it be, you know, a hardship you're going through or, um, maybe repercussions of, of, a decision you made or, you know, whatever circumstances it is, it's stressing you out and kind of has you, um, working hard to get through can, it can also cause burnout in your life in a very focused way. Yeah. And I, I think another area here is where things can kind of bleed over too. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think all of these can bleed out. Um, when that cup starts to fill up a little bit, it starts to overflow and then it runs into other areas of our life. But I think some of these, you know, circumstantial situations can really take a toll on other stuff, you know, say for example, it's financial stuff. Well, Mm -hmm. that can roll over into your, your loved ones, your family, your friends. Um, you know, maybe if you're having financial hardships, what have you, and you start to experience that circumstantial burnout, well, before you know it, now you can't go do all these fun activities with your friends or family, or then you start having frustrations and whatnot with your job because you need to be making more money, things like that. Um, and it's, it's, it's really something that I think that we need to stay on top of when we start, um, talking about burnout is, is being a little bit more, um, aware Mm -hmm. of the fact that it can occur at any time for any of us. Um, and I think that leads us into kind of really just, talking about some of the common causes of burnout. Yeah. I think before we hit that, I, I like your idea of the the cup and overflowing into all your different areas of life, because I think a lot of times that is what um, is a huge issue with burnout to where people will finally realize it. Right. I think that, yeah. you know, with relationships and the people we're closest to when we're frustrated, you know, this stuff is definitely going to overflow into there because those are the people we go to and invent to and, um, kind of bowl it off. But I think the cup's a great example because if it's not taken care of, then it does. It's just going to overflow. It's going to keep building and building until it flips over the edges. Yeah. And then it makes a mess of everything. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so some of the common causes of burnout um, that we frequently see and and the list we're going to share with you is just kind of a, a very subsidized list. Um, and there, there are so many that exist out there, but one of the the first ones um, that I think is is very common for a lot of people is this perceived lack of control. Um, and I think in life, a lot of times we want to have this control over situations. And 
Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. And I think sometimes it's kind of a median mix where we have partial control, but we really don't have full control. And I think that depending on what that situation is, that can be a huge thing for a lot of people is um, you're perceiving this lack of control and it starts to really kind of weigh down on you that, you know, when we feel that we're completely out of control of situations, then it can really start to cause that burnout to creep in. Yeah. I feel like, um, you know, since we're such a being that loves to control things and whenever we're in a situation where we feel like we're lacking that control, I think that it initially just creates anxiety because you don't know, um, you know, how that lack of control is going to, going to affect you long term. Um, or even I think that, you know, some of that lack of control builds up anxiety about what are some of the things I might miss or not be able to do or, um, but I think as that builds and builds, it does, um, lead you down the path to burnout. Yeah. And, you know, along with that, you know, is if we start realizing that we really kind of lack the needed support systems in our lives, you know, whether that be friends, family, um, just social groups, interaction with other people. Um, you know, it could even be say therapy. Um, Mm -hmm. there's, there's a whole, whole slew of different social supports that, that people need in their lives. And when we start to lack those necessary supports, um, that can really start to help lead into burnout as well. Yeah. And I think also, um, you know, workload too, if you're, if you're in a place where you feel like you're working too much or working more than you want to, um, or, or maybe, you know, in a situation where you feel like you're almost kind of forced to work more than you need, than you want to, um, can really cause, uh, you to build up that anxiety and get to a point of burnout. And I think that, you know, one good point here is that a lot of times these common causes, they kind of build on each other and it's not just one thing that's going to set you to where you kind of lose it um, or feel that you are, you know, at a point where you're burning out, but it's almost like a, a bunch of little things that kind of compound as it, as it goes to where you get to a point of just where you burn out. Yeah. Well, and one thing with the workload too, that I kind of like to point out is sometimes it is just an excessive heavy workload that we're experiencing. Um, whereas other times, um, it might be a pay correlation too. Maybe, maybe you don't feel that you're getting paid enough for the amount of work that you're doing, which can really kind of set in after time, you know, um, especially if you're seeing other people getting paid more, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times for maybe what you perceive as them doing less, um, that can really lead into burnout quick um, because it's kind of that self-worth moment, right? You know what kind of a job you're doing, but you're not getting paid for it. Um, and so that can be another thing that we look at when we start talking about your workload. Um, Cause sometimes too, it's not even that you're doing such an excessive amount of work that it's unrealistic. It's just, you don't feel valued because you're not getting the pay that you think you deserve for the amount of work that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point. I, uh, you know, I can think back to even a job that I left, um, was a situation like that where it was really a value compared. I don't think I knew it at the time, but, um, you know, I was working and I think a lot of times when we are working, we understand that like, there's going to be times that I have to work harder than, maybe I'm getting paid. 
like in a short term maybe area to kind of pick up slack or be there for the company. But I think it really does go to a point when there's a line and a boundary where you reach a point where it's excessive. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people right now are kind of experiencing that with COVID and, and I don't even know that it's all just necessarily COVID related, but right now the, the work for the workforce is short, you know, everybody's experiencing staff shortages and, um, it seems like people are taking on additional responsibilities and additional roles, but maybe aren't necessarily getting paid more in lieu of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that kind of leads into the next one, which is a dysfunctional work environment. And I think this is a huge one because again, like Josh was saying, a lot of these things, it's not always just one of these factors that weighs in. But sometimes, too, these things kind of connect. And like, for example, when we start talking about perceived lack of control, a lot of times when we have a dysfunctional work environment, that can really weigh heavy on that. Because um, when we do have a dysfunctional work environment, not only is it highly stressful, but a lot of times it's because we don't have any control, or at least we don't have that sense of control that that we can fix the situation or make it better, or maybe we've tried and it's not working. Yeah. And I think, you know, especially with the dysfunctional environment, you know, also look at that as a, as your personal environment, your home, your relationships and all that stuff, because I think that's another huge area that can, um, can really change on you and, and become dysfunctional. Maybe if there's, you know, who knows if someone, maybe takes on another job and then kind of rolls at home kind of change or um, situations like that can also cause um, your expectations of your partner or your friends or any of those situations to kind of adjust or maybe they're not met as well as they were before. Yeah, most definitely. And I think that, you know, another one that kind of weighs into the work side of, of things is, is when we're going to work every day, but we have very unclear expectations at work. And I think, again, right now with with the staff shortages in the workplaces, I think that's another time now where that kind of weighs in. We're all trying to fill these gaps and um, kind of lend a helping hand in different areas where we can. But um, I think that a lot of people's roles and responsibilities are slowly evolving and changing to compensate for these things. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it, it gets to this point where we do have very unclear work expectations. Sometimes though, that's straight out of the gate. You know, some, some people are just not great at managing stuff in general. And, and when we have that unclear, uh, expectation in front of us, it makes it hard for us to know what we should be doing to be doing a good job. And I think that all of us want to know that we are doing a good job in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And if we're not, um, then that weighs heavy on us. Yeah. And I think too, you know, talking about this day and age and what's going on in the workplace. And I think that, um, you know, unrealistic expectations too, from uh, maybe your employer or uh, coworkers. And I think, you know, talking about people being short and having to find, trying to find employees and employees that are there that are having to pick up the slack of, missing people, I think that that can create a situation to where you're in a, a work environment that might be a little bit unrealistic, uh, in the time period that you're kind of making up for those people that aren't there. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, a lot of this leads into 
making sure that, you know, we're maintaining a, a healthy work-life balance. I think that if, if we have an unhealthy work-life balance, that is one of the, the biggest things that can lead to us burning out. Yeah, I agree. I, I think if, uh, you know, if, if you do get to a point where, you know, it's almost like when everything's working and balanced the right way that, you know, you're happy going to work, you're happy going home, you're happy with the time you get at both places. But once you kind of skew that balance, it makes it very hard. And I think that, you know, if we're talking about building and, and kind of things building against you, that kind of can lead into maybe misaligning your goals, your passion, your values. Um, and I think where people really get in trouble and frustrated with work or life is where you do misalign those goals and values, um, or passions. Cause let's say you're working too much and you don't get to go do what you like to do. Um, it just kind of defeats, I think in, in my mind in situations where I've gotten to burnout, it kind of defeats the purpose of me doing the job if I can't ultimately do what I want to do or it doesn't align with my values. Yeah. I, I agree. And, you know, you bringing up that misalignment of goals, passions, and values too is, is also a huge thing on the work front too, because I think a lot of times that, you know, yes, we want to get a paycheck. Yes. We want to, um, you know, have benefits, things like that. But a lot of the time we get into a job because we are passionate about what we're doing, what that job entails and it, it, it is more than just the paycheck or the benefits. That's just kind of like the icing on the cake, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that sometimes if we get into a role because we are so passionate about what that job is, and then we start to, over time, find out that maybe the company's vision and goals are no longer in alignment with our own, that can really lead to burnout because you got into this job that that you are so passionate about, you love what you're doing. And then all of a sudden stuff starts to change, but it doesn't really align with your core values and, and the direction that you wanted to be moving in. And, and that number one could really lead to some major burnout because I mean, a lot of people, they spend many years going to college prepping, you know, taking internships or Mm -hmm. smaller jobs to start gaining experience to do these jobs that we, we, get into for the sole base basis of what our passion is. And if we finally get to that point and then we find out, Oh shoot, everything's kind of changing. And now what I wanted to do, my passion, my day in my day out is not aligned with the company that I'm working for anymore. That's a massive thing that can lead to burnout. Yeah. it does. It totally changes the mindset. I think of, of why you're there and what you're doing. Right. I mean, and I think that, you know, it's, it's not uncommon for businesses to change their views or the way they do things or um, to make adjustments, especially if you're with someone for a, a massive career. Um, but I think that it's, you know, finding a way for either those new values and new goals to align or not, and then making sure that you don't allow that to, um, like I've done in the past, is get to get to points where you're so frustrated that you're in a burnout and you can't, because I, you know, I, I think of jobs I left um, for some of these reasons here. And I think that, um, you know, back in those days, I had let it get to a point to where I did burn out and I was, I had to leave. And um, I think that when, when we do that, we really get to a point of 
kind of making quick decisions rather than kind of like calculated decisions on what's good for us. Yeah, I agree. So we also wanted to kind of cover some um, signs of burnout. Some of the, the things that, that we can start to see within our own selves or maybe some of our friends, family are starting to see within us because sometimes we, we miss it. Um, Mm -hmm. but one of the huge ones is anxiety. And I know Josh kind of, uh, hit on that earlier. Um, but that's a massive, massive one, especially if you aren't one to typically have anxiety in your life. And all of a sudden you start to notice this really anxious behavior within yourself. Um, that could be a sign that you're, you're on that path to burnout. Mm-hmm. I think too, uh, like I'd mentioned earlier, irritability, um, anger, or, you, you know, quick to anger. Um, I think for me, I'm a pretty easygoing person, but I know if I'm irritable, usually my brain's like, well, why did that irritate me so much? That's weird. It's a good flag for, at least that I've learned in my personality, um, that helps me kind of <laughs> at least know something's going on. That doesn't mean I always deal with it right away, but yeah. Um, another one is, is depression. Um, mm-hmm. and that can kind of lead right into oversleeping a lot. Um, for some people that, uh, turns into insomnia though, um, which I've dealt with both, um, where I've gotten to the point where I'm almost so depressed about whatever it is that's like burning me out mm-hmm. that I end up oversleeping way too much. Um, or I get to a point where I can't sleep at all. Yeah, that's got to be rough. I can't. I've, I actually have never had insomnia where I couldn't sleep. I yeah. usually go to like the oversleeping. Um, but one of the big ones I do see as a sign is uh, di- my diminished uh, productivity where I really kind of reach a point where I really don't want to do anything. I don't want to do my job. I don't want to do stuff around the house. I um, And that kind of, I think, goes along with, too, depression. Um, but another area that you can kind of look out for, and if you see it, could be a sign that you're you're on the road to burnout. Yeah. Others are kind of like um, maybe some noticeable changes in your appetite. Um, or uh, maybe we're starting to kind of neglect our own self-care. Um, those are two really big ones. Um, I think one of the biggest, though, um, is perceived injustices. Yeah. Um, I think that when we start falling into that realm of burnout, um, we really, we really do start having almost this like large sense of perceived injustice. And, and maybe this is that you feel that, you know, people are kind of out to get you or that you're not doing your job the best way that you can, or that other people even aren't holding up their end of the deal. Um, there's, there's a whole, whole bunch of stuff that can fall into this bucket. But I, I think that it's, it's a really big one when we start experiencing burnout, especially within, within the workplace. Yeah. I also think, uh, you know, another one to look out for is um, maybe chronic gastrointestinal problems where you're, you know, having those stomach issues. Um, also isolating ourselves. I think that, you know, as we get frustrated and anxious and, and, um, are struggling with stuff and, and kind of taking it all on emotionally and mentally and physically. Uh, I think that one area a lot of people do struggle with is, is, um, you know, your body 
it's almost, I think it's like a defense mechanism, right? Like I, I can't handle all this. I just need to pull back, pull back, pull back. And um, ultimately I think you, a lot of people run into where they do isolate themselves and don't ask for help and, and uh, you know, kind of reach out to those people and let stuff just continue to build, which will eventually get you to a burnout. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, trouble focusing or recalling information is a huge one. Um, and we kind of already mentioned this in a different way, but, you know, earlier we mentioned diminished productivity, but, uh, lowered productivity, um, same thing. Um, and then, um, health issues, there's a whole slew of different health issues that can kind of arise when we start experiencing burnout. Yeah. And a lot like the sign, I mean, the signs are a lot like what we talked about as the causes. Um, a lot of this stuff, it's not one or two things. Usually it's going to build and build. And, uh, you know, you might have three or four of these issues. And then long-term, if, if you don't deal with stress, which ultimately causes burnout, you can have long, you can have short-term health issues. You actually can cause long-term health issues um, if we let it go and, and prolong. Yeah, that's that's one of the biggest things is to, you know, whether, you know, a lot of these things, again, are not, direct signs of burnout necessarily. I mean, it, they could be signs of other things going on in your life as well. But I think that's why we have to have some sense of self-awareness is uh, realizing what is going on with ourselves and what's normal and, for me. Yeah. And, and noticing, Hey, I've, I've observed some of these changes. Why might this be happening? And actually look at that stuff. Um, but one of the biggest things in this episode that we really wanted to kind of hit on is how to avoid or overcome burnout. And um, I think one of the first things that we need to do is if we start realizing that we are experiencing burnout or on that pathway to burnout is really finding some um, good support systems for ourselves, whether that's our friends, family, um, maybe a, a mentor that we might have, or even getting into therapy. All of these things can be helpful um, when we start talking about burnout and trying to either prevent it or overcome it. Yeah. I also think, you know, um, increasing your focus on wellness and self-care can be a great tool to help, uh, manage some of those stresses and, and really work through, um, things going on before it does reach a burnout point. I think, you know, meditation, mindfulness is a great option. Exercise. I know that's a huge one for me. Um, and that's actually a big sign for me is if, I'm not exercising, then something's going on. Um, Also, yoga, reading, um, really anything that you do to help yourself relieve the stress and and relax. Yeah, which is... Which is huge. I mean, we've got to take care of ourselves. And and that's that's one of the signs of burnout is a diminished amount of Mm self-care. And so when that starts going away we have to put some focus on that and, and make sure that we're maintaining our self-care. Yep. Um, another one that's really huge is socialization. Um, you know, when, when we start burning out, I think that a lot of times many of us don't want to socialize. And sometimes that's exactly what we need to do is make sure that we're socializing. Um, again, whether that's with friends, family, whomever that might be, um, or even meeting new people. Maybe you need a change in your life. Maybe you need to meet some new new people, join a group or something um, where you can do that and, and make sure that you're, you know, 
really able to just like have some new experiences and, and meet some new nice people and maybe, maybe even give a different perspective on, on things. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, especially with the socialization for me, I'm a very social person. So that just interacting with people can boost me. And I think it, you know, it has this ability to almost push you into self-reflection and, and like almost remind you, especially if you're really in a rut and you're struggling with a lot of stress and, and maybe it's compounded to where it's work, home life, all of it. I think socializing and pulling yourself out of that situation can almost remind you, oh, this is why I do what I'm doing. And this is why and almost like revitalize you, um, you know, give you that reminder that, hey, there is there are fun things I can do that will boost me and get me back on track. And, uh, you know, maybe that can lead to some self-reflection of, well, maybe I stopped hanging out with people and that's why I'm struggling so much at work or, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. Well, I think that that self-reflection is is such a massive thing when we start talking about being able to overcome some of this stuff, because without a little bit of self-reflection and that self-awareness that we often talk about, I mean, I think that's a huge piece to overcoming a lot of things within our life Mm -hmm. Um, is just being able to identify it and, and really kind of ponder on it and, and look and see what we need for our own selves to get to a better spot. Um, another huge one is, is maintaining a proper diet. Um, a lot of times when we get in these, these little funks, if you will, and you start experiencing burnout, um, we start not eating so well. And, um, I know I'm one, if I start getting depressed, fast food is, a a huge one for me. And when I start eating unhealthy, then it's almost like I spiral a little bit downward very quickly. And so maintaining that proper diet can be super helpful for a lot of people. And I think too, like, especially people with health issues and stuff. Like, so for me, I have sugar issues. I have to watch my diet pretty close. And I think, uh, another big red flag for me is like, I'm just eating whatever I want, whenever I want, not caring what it is. And I, like, I know it's, not good for me. Right. And it's so weird that, that, uh, when you do get in those, those points where you're down and frustrated, I I do the same thing. I go for unhealthy food and sweets and, you know, stuff you don't need, but, um, another, you know, can be a good flag to let you know stuff's going on and can also be, um, a way to, to get back on track by getting back on the diet and, and sticking to those meals that you should be eating. Yeah. Big time. I think the, the last point that we've got, um, and this is a uh, one that I think that everybody, especially if you're experiencing burnout, is um, really look at it just taking some time away, whether it's a staycation or a vacation, um, you know, getting getting some time to just kind of recoup and reset is is highly helpful and something that we should all look at, especially if we can identify that we are kind of on that pathway to burnout. Yeah. And I think, you know, staycation is a great example of a way to kind of reset, do some self-care. And I think that uh, an area that people don't use as much, um, we always, a lot of times we think of vacation, like I got to get out of here. I got to go away. I got to go, you know, which can also add to more stress because I got to spend money and I got to fly and I got to get a hotel. And, um, but using that staycation can be amazing to, to just be home, be in your own space, actually enjoy it and, uh, rejuvenate. Yeah. Um, so I think it's time for the afterthought. So it's uh, where we leave you with quotes, challenges, and other thoughtful moments. Um, we have a few quotes for you today. So the first one is, 
Stress is the trash of modern life. We all generate it, but you don't dispose of it properly. Oh, sorry. But if you don't dispose of it properly, it will pile up and overtake your life. And that's uh, Danze Pace. Um, Then we've got two others here. It said, uh, I like this one a lot. And this is by Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, And it says, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. And the last one that we have for you is by Richie Norton. And it said, overworking is the black plague of the 21st century. I like that one. Uh, Don't forget to check us out at our website at www.wellnessphenoms.com and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Wellness Phenoms. Go subscribe to make sure you don't miss new episodes. You can also drop a review on the Apple Podcast app. Alrighty, Phenoms, until next time, enjoy the journey and stay well. Stay well.